Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to a new podcast, The Paddock and the Pavilion with Stephen Wallace. In each show, Stephen will interview someone connected to the world of horse racing or cricket. Hello and welcome to The Paddock and the Pavilion. And I trust you are all keeping safe and well in these very difficult times. The good news is that we have a few extra episodes lined up for the next couple of weeks, which I hope you will all enjoy. On today's podcast, we welcome back Jamie Neald, the ex-Liverpool Academy player who swapped his football boots for riding boots and became a jockey. It was only right to invite Jamie back on the show after he achieved one of his dreams when he rode at Aintree in early December. I hope you enjoy the show and please keep an eye on our Facebook and Twitter pages for details of all upcoming episodes. Hello Jamie, welcome back to the Paddock and the Pavilion. Hi there, thanks for, thanks for having me on again. Oh, I just had to have you on again, Jamie, as you uh, fulfilled one of your racing dreams at Aintree back in early December. But to start with, what sort of Christmas have you had? Um, I, I was lucky. I um, went home for a few days and spoke, seen the family and then kind of back back to work. It, look, it's, Christmas especially is a difficult time for everyone with what's going on, but you just got to try and enjoy it as best you can. And get back to work really and focus on the new year and hopefully the this upcoming year is a lot better for everyone else so did while you were at home get chance to watch some of the racing over christmas as well i did yeah look we all kind of i went riding over the christmas period and that's something that hopefully this time next year i'll kind of be at them big meetings and and but look i I watched the end of every race and um there's a lot of great races that went over there, so it, it, it was good and it was good to relax. And now I'm refocused and I'm ready to go again. So you must have seen St. Calvados run a good race in the uh, King George. I did, yeah, I did. What a horse! And I think this year's a massive one for him. And I'd hope to see him there in in the, in the Gold Cup in March. But look, you never know; things change. But hopefully, he doesn't have a troubled run there and. 
he'll be there. So have you ever a chance to have us to sit on him at all? Yeah, well, I've ridden him quite a lot and got a special connection with him, and he's an horse that kind of, even if our if our path splits up eventually, you know, he'll hold a massive place in my heart, and um, you know, probably is the best horse I'll probably ever sit on. Yeah, he's he's a he's a special horse. Now, now you're back at work at uh, Harry Whittington's. What's a typical daylight for you? Um, you can you go you go in you 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 ride out and um you do your yard duties you go home have a short break and you go back again and that's if you're not racing of course um yeah it's 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 a it's a it's a good place and um you know he he's a good man and he's got some nice horses and uh, yeah it's definitely a yard that's on the up. What sort of time are you starting though? Uh, you'd you'd be in for between six o'clock and six thirty, and your day goes from there. You'd you'd do your mucking out and do your riding out, and then have a short break and then head back for you know your evening duties. And how many horses do you tend to ride each day? Five on average, really. You know, but obviously it can some days it could be more if you're short staffed, or some days it can be less if um, you're off racing or something. And he's got about fifty horses, is that right? That's right, yeah. And were you when you were at school? Were you always someone that got up early in the morning? Uh, not really, but it's kind of it's a lot different, you know. You're waking up to go and ride animals, not waking up to go and do maths or something, so, or English. So, um, <laughs> it's a lot different, and I'm a lot I'm growing up now, so it, it's a lot easier, you know. Yeah. So you don't need to be kicked out of bed like you were when you were at school, then, no. Well, now well, I haven't really got a choice anymore. I have to kind of, I live, I live on my own, so um, it's down to me whether I get up or not. <laughs> you must have had some cold and frosty ones to start with, though, since you've been back. Yeah, it is. So, uh, look, Jordan, summer, you get some lovely days riding out, so you kind of, you got to take what you're given, I suppose. And as you say, it's a lot easier riding in this weather if you sat on a nice horse. Well, I'd like to just explore the difference in. Uh, riding a horse and being a being a footballer, how do you keep fit as as a as a jockey? A lot of different ways, really. Like I I love running, so um, I'm always out running. And you know, living in near Lambourne, we have obviously Oaksy House with their gym facilities, and you know the guy the guys and the coaches in there they they fulfil your needs and keep you on the right track, but independently i'd always be out running and stuff anyway when i was spare 30 40 minutes so it's just down to yourself really obviously when you're riding every day you know you, you keep fit naturally doing that but it's the days when you're not riding that you got to take it into your own hands and and do your own work so can you still use oxy house at the moment then you can you know they, they've been very good that they put they put classes on and uh, you know circuit training and stuff and uh, you know it's uh, thankfully we've got them otherwise a lot of people would be would struggle with weight etc you know but it's obviously different from bit, bit different type of fitness than being a footballer though yeah yeah a lot of things are the same between football and horse racing but you know you'd work on you'd work on similar things in in a lot of ways but different intensities you know one thing that is different though is um injuries 
when you're riding in races or even when you're riding out are you ever worried about falling off and have you had a sort of bad fall when you've fallen off you you sat on a, a live animal so obviously there's and it, it's if it wants to do something it's going to do it regardless if you're on its back or not so you know you'd have to always be aware but you have to trust your ability on the back of an horse that you know if it was to mess around or or throw a buck or two in that you're capable of sitting to it and look you're gonna have falls along the way it's it's part of the game but hopefully you're in shape and you know that can help avoid injuries i've been i've been fortunate i've um i haven't really had a major injury touch wood yet in my career so far so if I managed to do that for the for whole of my career, I think I'd be extremely lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you will. But you hear about it, but are you actually taught how to fall when you're at like Oaksy House and uh, when you're training? There you, is. You, you can. You, you're taught, but, you know, if you're going to fall and you come, for instance, in a race, you come off at 30 miles an hour, you know, you ain't thinking about how I'm falling. Instinct t- takes over and it is what it is, you know. And in the sort of difficult times that we're in for a jockey, are um, are you getting help from the, or is there available help from the Professional Jockeys Association with regard to sort of mental issues and things like that? Yeah, of course. We all we all kind of have. Um, we know where to go if if you are struggling mentally. There's a lot of things in place, and you know people are always in touch with you and. I'm I'm very lucky, you know. I'm I'm very mentally strong, and um, it's not something I've ever had to worry about. But you know, I I work with a charity, Stamp Out Suicide. Who you know, they're wonderful what they do, and you know, I'm always posting on my social medias about them and and their helplines and the things they put on. So there's there's millions and of help out there, and you know, hopefully, if anyone is struggling in which are unbelievable difficult times. That they they have places to go and people to talk to and I know for a fact that I'll be I'd always be there if anyone needed to chat with me regardless of just on social media and I know a lot of the lads feel the same and you know it's a close knit community racing and everyone's there for each other and that's one of the wonderful things about the sport. Well, that's very good to hear and you actually even answered my question here. I, I wanted to know what was the tie up with with you with the stamp out suicide campaign there must be a reason why you've um, adopted that sort of campaign with your social media yeah you know i've always said if i could i'm gonna you're on a massive platform and you know i'm hopeful that i'm only gonna get bigger and bigger and you know my first sponsor was a charity called autism rocks which obviously um, works with autistic people and you know and then I can, uh, I've gone with Stamp Out Suicide now, which is another, you know, you heard about, unfortunately, people taking their lives in this sport, whether it's to do with the pressures or when they retire from the sport, and it's desperately sad, and if I can, the bigger my profile gets, if I can have these charities alongside me, spreading the world, I'd do that a million times over than, than kind of take a sponsor that i don't know is a, a building site or something that's nothing against the lads that do that but that, that's just the way i want to be and i'll do that for the rest of my career if i can well that's that's very good to hear and uh, obviously racing has had some very tragic incidents even last year 
uh, with jockeys and with your role as a, an ambassador for the British Racing School, uh, you can really project sort of that sort of campaign. Exactly, and that's all. I aim to do, you know, I want to get kids into the sport and if I can do that with the racing school, they obviously took a chance with me, then, you know, kids can live this this life that we live and, you know, it is, it's a, it is bottom line, a great life to live and, you know, I love every minute of it. Well, let's talk about Aintree. On Saturday the 5th of December, uh, you had a ride on the Mild May course at Aintree. Was the horse uh, Big Martra always going to run at that meeting? Yeah, he can't look. I don't. I don't know his plans. I leave that to Harry and the owners. But I knew a couple of weeks out that he was he was going to be aimed there, and I, did, I didn't want to get me. And I rode him the day before, and I didn't want to get too excited thinking I'd ride him again. So I didn't ask any questions. I just kept my head down. <laughs> I just prayed when Dex come that, you know, it'd be my name on him. And thankfully for me, it was. And unfortunately on the day, the ground probably just went against him. But my jump from fence to fence and, you know, the last last little bit of race, he just got a bit tired in, in, in that ground. But, you know, he plugged onto the line and sure, today I'll never, ever, ever forget. Well, he, he started well, didn't he? And then... Uh faded towards the end um, coming coming ninth but he got round which must have been pleasing for you he did yeah and you know the whole way I was upside Sam Tristan Davis who you know he's a good friend of mine and he was talking to me on the way round and um, you know it's just kind of once you, you kind of get home and you watch your back and you just think geez what a day you know and I was fortunate some me, me father and, and me brother and me sister we're in there and uh, you know I wish everyone friends and family could have been there but you know maybe in April fingers crossed I'll be there again and friends and family will be able to be there. Luckily crowds were allowed at, at that meeting what members of the family were there? Uh, my, my father my brother and my sister managed to you know get in and it was wonderful for them to be in there with me and you know, hopefully I'm back there in April and a lot more family and friends can be there to, to watch me. But the support from, like, the people that were there was wonderful. I had plenty of good luck shouts on my way out to shoot. And you just I tried to take it all in and enjoy it as much as I could. And yeah, I certainly did that. So did it add to the pressure having your dad and your brother watching or did you actually embrace that with them watching? Yeah, I think I embraced it. Um, you know, as soon as you get on the back of the horse, regardless of where you're at, you kind of go into the zone and the noise kind of is zoned out and you just focus on the job ahead and that's kind of what I've done as soon as I was on. And, and then I, you know, took it all in afterwards again. But once you're going down to start, it's kind of your game heads on and all you're thinking about is the horse and the race. And does even a small crowd make a difference to a jockey? It does, yeah. Look, we all... Well, I love that side of things, you know, I love the crowds being there and, and the atmosphere and the noise and I was fortunate to ride at Cheltenham last year with full capacity and it's it makes a difference and someone like me, who's I probably rise to the occasion more with, with the crowd there, you know, and pressure on. So when you actually ride in a, say, a COVID world, what sort of different things are you having to do as a jockey on a race day at the course? 
you know, it feels like it's been in that long that it almost feels normal now, which is weird. <laughs> yeah, I bet. But, you know, it's just kind of your regular checks when you arrive to the races and keeping your mask on and sanitising your hands and things like that. But as I say, it's, it feels like it's been in that long now that it's almost normal to <laughs> to normal times, if you like. Yeah, yeah. And you're changing in different areas now at courses, aren't you? Yeah, and in some courses it's probably better because you have a bit more room to yourself. But um, look, I'm sure everyone wants to get back to normality as quickly as possible. But you know, it's the the hand we're dealt, and we have to as long as we're operational, that's all that matters. Now, since we last spoke in October, you've been to quite a few different courses. How have things been going? Very well, yeah. Um, you know, of course, you want you want to be riding every single day and five rides a day if you can, but it takes time, and especially when you're in a young conditional. And um, you know, I just I keep biding my time and try and ride out with plenty of different trainers as well, and and broaden your your horizons and connections with other trainers and owners. And you know, that's what I'll continue to do, and hopefully things just keep going the way they are. And and you know, come the back end of the year, I'll. I'll uh, have plenty of winners under my belt and, you know, try and get my name out there. But it's difficult to, for people to give you opportunities, but it is what it is and you've got to just keep going, you know. You, when you hit the headlines a little bit, when you nearly fell off um, Townshend <laughs> at Ascot and there's some fantastic pictures of um, of him on the on the internet and hopefully we'll get one to put on uh, the paddock and the pavilion page. But... Can you recall that day when you, uh, well, everyone was saying how remarkable it was that you stayed on the horse? Yeah, um, you know, one of Townsend's best attributes are his jumping. I mean, no, I just, I think we just got blinded. We went in there right stride and I was confident that he was going to just pop it as usual. But I think we got blinded for a second and, you know, we just got a bit mixed up signals. Yeah, we kind of went through the bottom of it and instinct takes over. I, I thought I was on my way down and I managed to cling on and the horse is very genuine. He kept galloping and just let me climb all over him until I was back in the saddle. So testament to the horse and luckily we made it around and considering such a, a stop and our momentum, we actually ran a, a good race and, you know, but look, it's one of things that I, I got lucky. Yeah, well, you even sort of made headlines on ITV racing, but because it was a a Grade Three chase, so it was a a decent race at Ascot that day. Yeah, look, I, I would have rather get the headlines of winning the race, you know, rather than nearly falling off in front of the stands. Well, it is. What it is. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> all, all publicity is good publicity. People were saying to me, but yeah, it's one of them things. So, have you got any rides coming up? Hopefully in January. Yeah, well, fingers crossed. Townsend. Should be back out. Um, he's had a nice little break. He ran quite a lot in in a short space of time, and before we freshen him up over Christmas and and um, run him again. So we'll, we'll find the right race for him, and he'll be back out within the next couple of weeks. And of course, your dad had um, the Hollow Ginge, who ran so well coming fourth in the Ladbrokes Trophy back at the end of November. He did. Yeah, he's a horse that we've always fought a lot of. Just lost his way a little bit, whether, you know, he's a big raw horse, whether he's just a bit weak or we don't know, but we freshened him up and we, we thought he was overpriced and 
you know, Gavin gave him a wonderful ride and 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 as we spoke off air, hopefully um, we might be able to get uh, uh, the owner, your father, perhaps on the uh, paddock and the pavilion at some point to uh, talk about the hollow ginge and 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 the splash of ginge, of course. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure my father would love to do that. He's, he's also all his pride and joy, as you've seen, and you know, splash of ginge boots are big boots to fill, but. The hollow's going the right way, and uh, if you can get to the Grand National, which my father's always dreamed of owning a horse that runs in that, then you know that'd be that'd be wonderful. Well, let's hope so. It'd be a great day for the family as well. Now, moving forward to spring and Cheltenham and Aintree, are you um, hopeful of getting a rider to those meetings? Yeah, that's what we plan to do. Obviously, Townsend will be aimed at all them big meetings anyway, so hopefully, I'll be there with him and then. You know, if I can get the support of other people and other owners and trainers, then so be it. But that's what we work for. It's down to me to keep my head down, work hard, and and when I get the opportunities, take them with both hands. Well, let's hope you particularly get back to Aintree again and even get a chance to uh, uh, ride over those uh, the big offences at the at the April meeting. But before we go, I must must rub it in. Oh, that's hard being an Arsenal fan that Everton have now dropped to fourth in the table, although you did beat Arsenal. But, uh... Yeah, it's a, it's a season where they, they fill you up thinking, um, you know, even I started believing we were going to win the league at one point and then <laughs> we got a reality check. But look, we got the right man in the job and hopefully, you know, in the coming seasons we'll be consistently at that end of the table. Well, there's a long way to go, but um, they've certainly made a good start. But thank you very much again for being on the paddock and the pavilion and the best of luck for uh, the spring with hopefully rides at Cheltenham and Aintree. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to the paddock and the pavilion. You can download the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Pad and Pad. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.